I love you. Arr. Greg, I have one last question. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Avast and oi there, couch potatoes. And welcome to a special episode. Because joining us today on the couch as my damned cur whines in the background. Joining us on the couch is none other than the descendant of Henry Morgan himself. Hello there. It's Captain Henry Morgan. And I am Ron Vald the Scald, and I am humbled and joyous at joining you on this surprisingly spacious couch. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, spans two uh, states yeah spans two states this couch uh i am the faceless leon and uh the the pirate beside me are yes i be i be the green traveler captain of gorsh (laughs) captain of gorsh that's my dinghy i am captain of the pie can that i was baked in this is a podcast <laughs> about movies and TV. Oh, man. So, Romvald, uh, our special guest, very, very good friend for brother. many years. Brother. Brother. Yes. Lover, brother, even. Brother of the Seas. And we're talking about a movie that's all about brotherly love. It's <laughs> a great segue I mean, there, Leo. It's in there. It's in there a little bit. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Um, But yeah, why don't you tell us, Ronvald, what are we talking? Why, today on this special, special show, we are talking about a wonderful trilogy, and we are only calling it a trilogy, The Pirates of the Caribbean, or Caribbean, depending on who you want to upset. Nar Tortuga. (laughs) Yeah, I, Uh, uh, I definitely was like, wait a minute. That definitely says Caribbean. The last when I <laughs> well, was watching it this time around, I was like, I have always said Caribbean. Like, <laughs> you even hear like "Welcome to the Caribbean, mate," and I'm like, listen, I mispronounced Ocarina for like 20 years. So I can't exactly like give myself a pass here. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, what did you used to say? A cornea. A cornea. <laughs> That's good, eh? Yeah. The cornea of Timmy. Of Timmy. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. A uh, big part yeah. of our, I guess, middle school through high school. Our teenage years. Our teenage Out me years, about how yeah. old I am. Thank you. <laughs> right when right when we were hitting puberty. Well, Ken was, Ken was already shooting, but... I already had a three-foot-long beard when I was born. <laughs> Ron Vald the Scald. Ron stories Vald had a as... beard in the womb. <laughs> Telling stories as long as his beard. They were Arr. awfully muffled at first because I also taught myself how to speak in the womb. Yes. <laughs> so, so uh, I usually... Usually on the show, we'll talk, we'll do a synopsis of a movie and then talk about that movie and then move next to the next one. But I think this time around, we'll, we'll synopsize all of them and then just have a good, fun time talking about it. Probably behind yeah. a spoiler wall. There's a lot of stuff that's hard to talk about without 
spoiling things if people have really true. never seen these movies. Um, I guess it's possible. I guess it's possible. Yeah, I mean, pirates aren't for everybody, I guess. That's true. That's sad <laughs> truth. But, you know, that, that brings us to the moral dilemma of this, <laughs> of the romanticization of this period. Um, oh yeah like, <laughs> piracy is bad <laughs> <laughs> they did a lot of bad things yeah they did a lot of really bad things uh mostly but, you know, murdering and uh marauding and slaving you know terrible yeah. things but this is fun this is a lot of fun i love yeah. pirates. <laughs> it's swashbuckling it's a it's, swashbuckling yes. sea adventure exactly this is less Murder and pillage and more. Our swish wash buckle buckle. <laughs> but still plenty of murder. Lots of murder. And also Lots a of lot murder. of like not murder. Like yeah, a lot of like things that should be people. murder, but they are not yeah. murder. Mm. And it's just like, haha, they didn't die. We're a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're in so. Kingdom Hearts. We can't let anyone die. <laughs> Oh my god. Boo. <laughs> oh man. Like some of the yep. best animation of the period in that in that oh, particular yes. chapter of Kingdom Hearts. Oh, oh yes. Everyone loves the story of how Captain Jack Sparrow is five hundred crabs in a trench coat trying to sneak into an R rated movie. Ha <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. uh, Alright, so So yeah, bring yeah, us Origins. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's uh the first film is Curse of the Black Pearl. Started in uh came out in 2003. Uh hold on a second. Zelda, bring me the toy. Bring it here. I see his wench is bothering him. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. Dead air is great in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it could all be cut. That's the thing. Uh, Zelda, yeah. my God, baby, come here. Yeah, now, now the uh, you know, if we do keep this in, the audience knows that that we edit. I think they could already figure it out. I mean, like, yeah. Well, they go from here and like, <laughs> and now we go back to this. Hell, yeah, we are think. at the eight-minute mark, and this has been madness. <laughs> it's been wonderful madness. I think they'll love it. I think that you're a new, a new household name, and you know, like twenty households. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. That's more than what I have, which is uh, one. Yes. Same. Hey man, thing. my audience. It means my audience is growing. It went from 12 in regards to people reading my blog to 20 in regards to people hearing me talk. Look at that, Greg. That is a really high percentage markup. A decade of improvement. It is growing, though. It is growing, and we appreciate our listeners. We got people around the globe listening. Like You, know, we got, you say... It's, what's that? You say you appreciate our tubers here, our little yeah, couch potatoes. I do. But every episode, you fry them up and eat them <laughs> and yeah, <but> <laughs> mash so them and stick them in a stew. <laughs> All right. You, you can love something in so many ways. Maybe it's That's eating right. it. Maybe it's buying it chocolate. Maybe it's eating its family. I <laughs> Love is love, See, dog. Ronvald gets it. Ronvald gets it. Um, I'm right. just here to love. And, you know, 
If you know, it really, I would be satisfied with potatoes at every meal. I really would. Uh, Boil them, mash them, stick them in it. Okay. I already said that. Let's get in to Curse (laughs) of the Black Pearl, uh, released in 2003. All three of these films are uh, uh, written by Terry Elliott and Terry, or sorry, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio who have a filmography that really surprised me when I look it up because I didn't uh, didn't realize that all these movies were done by, you know, two people, basically. Aladdin, Mask of Zorro, Godzilla, Small Soldiers, Shrek, Treasure Planet, and National Treasure. All oh, written by goodness. Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Yeah. All just, like, re- weirdly fun movies. Fun. Yeah. They're fun. Like yeah. a very good sense of fun around them. Yeah, and all that's, enjoyable movies. You're you're right, Ron Paul. We're a crit, we're a crit, uh, um, a critique show, so we should say how it is. That's the thing about these films, though, is uh, one of my curses is you know since I've went to college and studied film and like made you know helped work on films and stuff like that, I critic uh, criticize films when I watch them. Yeah, you know I I notice it. I notice little nitpicks and issues I have with it. I don't just enjoy them. I critique them while I'm viewing them. And this is one of the few films like all together that I just have fun. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. critique. There's a lot of issues and there's so many nitpicks that can be had, but while watching, I don't care. I just, I just have fun and just enjoy the swashbuckling adventure. I think it speaks to Ted and Terry that they have managed to make, about three films here in a row of the same series where you sit there and go, <laughs> silly pirate movie. And you like, of course uh, to critique something is to show how much you care about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because anything that you truly love, you should be able to examine critically and be like, well, what is it? Do I like, what don't I like? What could be improved? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the opposite problem when I view movies, which is my brain is off 90% of the time. <laughs> um, so being able to watch, yeah, being able to watch these movies, it like comes to life, but in still a sitting there clapping happily like a two year old. Right. Because the swords went cling clang. <laughs> <laughs> and the swords yeah. go cling clang so much and so fucking well throughout all oh, three of these films yeah, the I fights are so amazing much to say about the sword fights in this series oh for They're sure i i want to say that i'm probably somewhere like in the middle between you two guys because i have a, a technical background as well mm-hmm. and so i do see these things in film I'm like oh that's so cool I, I i think i know how they did that and but for me it kind of heightens the experience a little bit uh <clears throat> but i also definitely get to a point where i'm just in it 100 percent focused into this world I, and i'm i'm a part of its world i'm its fourth wall uh which what <laughs> is what made uh the deadpool movie so great but uh anyhow right. <laughs> these movies they they do have that effect on me like i can just sit back and watch them and enjoy them and getting to have that lens of like the, how the effects work and stuff too is is a lot of fun as well I don't understand what's wrong with Hollywood and with the film industry because, you know, there have been three trilogies and many more, but like three big trilogies that have, you know, just 
made me have fun. You know, Star Wars, the original one, and Lord of the Rings, plus this one. I just, you know, I just enjoy all three of those when I'm watching. I don't I critique yeah. it. And yet, I know they're big budget and they cost a lot to do, but I feel like all three of those movies have made a shit ton of money. Why aren't these companies just trying to make more like that? Just like well, encourage, encourage creator. They are. They're just doing it in the same franchise. They're just stretching the same material. Yeah, I know. Oh, just, God, just yeah. a bit too thin for all three of those. Uh, yeah, franchises. yeah. Because that's that's the thing with pirates. There are only three mil- movies to me. I don't. Yeah. I I've watched the fourth one. I believe I've watched the fifth one, but I didn't like I either of did. them. Yeah, I I recall you blogged that one, and it was not. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I know I definitely hated them, and it's just it's just because I I'm tired of what they're doing with Jack Sparrow. Like Johnny Depp created this amazing character. I'm getting ahead of myself with the curse summary, but we'll get back to that soon. But he created this amazing character in in Jack Sparrow, mm. and then they've milked it so fucking dry. Like, and everybody wants him to keep doing the same performance. Everybody wants, you know, that zany, crazy Johnny Depp. They don't want, you know, the, the Edward Scissorhands or the, uh, was the other movie we really liked that he was in? Uh, he was in Ed Wood, Ed Wood. Oh, Ed Wood. He's good in that. Yeah. No, it's, you bring up a really good point where, and, uh, Leon, you brought up Deadpool where now we're actually seeing the mm. same thing that's happened to Johnny Depp happen to Ryan Reynolds. You tell me what is the difference between his performance in Deadpool versus Detective Pikachu versus, I think it's Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. And it's just how much he's allowed to swear. And then it's just the same <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. It's, that's so, true. Sugar. <laughs> I think that Ryan Reynolds is going to find his way out of that though because he was i mean johnny depp was a big star sure but i feel like this brought so much more attention to him mm-hmm. I, but i feel like ryan reynolds was kind of already up there like i feel like he okay you know what i'm you you're probably right i kind of feel like he might be on the same track because all the all the girls in class were all like oh johnny depp and uh, you know i guess i shouldn't just limit it to some of the girls there's guys too you know he's a very yeah, handsome listen, man johnny depp's a very handsome man that's for sure <laughs> just wow <laughs> it's all very fair mm-hmm. it's definitely mm-hmm. han- more handsome than his his uh willy wonka i like yeah well go oh, gosh i hate it willy wonka <laughs> it's it's frightening <laughs> Oof. <laughs> i can't even think about willy wonka in like a sexualizing manner no. it's just gene wilder like, there's just no part of that that's appealing but captain jack sparrow looks at you and go i'd risk i'd risk like <laughs> what 20 venereal diseases for this no okay. i'd be okay <laughs> i i might you know drink with jack a little bit but uh i think i'm, I'm fine like he, he's definitely attractive he's definitely attractive uh I had to each their own. Okay, well, let's stop objectifying Johnny Depp. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. Continue. Objectify. Continue. No, no. You're oh, right. You're right. You let's get to the play. summary of Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> uh, I got really close to the mic. Sorry there, listeners. Anyways. Oh, now my dog's mad. My cur. Arr. 
Uh, Nar, she is. She be. She be indeed. Your lack of professionalism. <laughs> Someday we'll have a nice little studio where we can avoid the background sounds. <laughs> yeah. But until then, I will synopsize. Young Elizabeth Swan is singing on a pir- on a ship. You know, Captain Norrington's ship. I don't remember the name of the ship, but maybe uh, he was Admiral. Think, well, I think is Admiral? Admiral is above uh, the Dauntless. Uh, it- Commandant? Ca- a Commodore. Commodore. Yeah, <laughs> Commandant. <laughs> I think the ship's name is the HMS Dauntless. Uh, yeah, and it's bad luck to have a woman on board, as we found out, uh, find out from Gibbs, who, for whatever reason, was following the law at this time. <laughs> He'll become more important later. It's fine. She's rich. He looked good, young. I like how they, they make him age. Yeah. He's just a... He's, he becomes uh, Jack Sparrow's, like, first mate. And he's a good friend of his. I don't remember who played him, though. I have a dear friend of mine who, even back in the year of 2003, we knew he'd grow up to look like this. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's a bad I thing, swear. though. Oh, God, he, he is rocking it so hard. Yeah. And I've never been prouder of a friend to be like, I better look like a pirate someday. And if he just let the mutton chops come in more, ugh. Perfect. <laughs> People thought I would grow up to look like either Philip Seymour Hoffman or Drew Carey. And then I grew a beard, so fuck them. And all you look like now is an absolute treasure. Gibbs is played you. by uh, Kevin McNally. Just nice. uh, to give him proper props. Uh, Thank you. Ke- perfect. And he's, Kevin McNally uh, does a great job. job. And uh, he, he tells, you know, the... I'm just going to call him Commodore Norrington. I don't know what his rank was at the time, yeah, but that's what he becomes. Captain, yeah. Yeah. Just give him a new rank every time we bring him up. Yeah, yeah. General Norrington. <laughs> <laughs> Secretary of the Navy Norrington is steering the ship towards a, a shipwreck. Uh, they believe pirates were involved, and you do see a pirate ship going away. I don't remember if it was the Black Pearl or not, but I think it was just a regular pirate ship. But they find one survivor who is young Will Turner. Uh, and Elizabeth saves him his life from being captured uh, by stealing his pirate necklace that he was wearing because there was no mercy for pirates in these films. Uh, if the government caught you, you were immediately hung or just killed. It didn't matter. As long as you were dead, you were, there was good. And they grow up. They become young adults, both smoking hot and secretly in love with each other. But because of their rank, uh, you know, Will Turner was, I don't know if he was auctioned off. I was going to say auctioned off to the blacksmith, but he could he could have been. He's, he becomes the blacksmith's apprentice, a, a, a damn good one, by the way. He's a great swordsmith. And Kira Knightley is the, uh, I just immediately call her Kira Knightley. Elizabeth Swan, played by Kira Knightley, is the governor's daughter. So because of the class difference, they can't explore the love that they clearly have for each other i don't know if i mentioned orlando bloom plays will turner one day when commodore norrington is being actually promoted to commodore jack sparrow just miraculously arrives at where do we decide what is it port royal it's uh port royal, port royal. Yeah. right which uh let me insert my trademark fun fact here uh port royal is also the home of Captain Henry Morgan after he accidentally sacked it went back to the crown to be like hey uh, my bad 
I sacked it. What are we going to do about this? Ah, whatever. We'll make you the governor of it. (laughs) (laughs) What did he think? It was a Spanish town or something? I have no idea. It's just the wrong part of Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we uh, emphasized that uh, our friend Ron Ron Valdescald is actually a descendant of Henry Morgan. That wasn't just a joke at the beginning of the of the episode weirdly mixed pride and shame yeah Yeah. because while yes he was a privateer he was a monster of a man (laughs) Uh, but you know it's interesting to have your lineage tied to a legend even if uh, oh i even if they were terrible uh so getting back to the curse jack sparrow arrives with uh his magnificent theme song I kind of want to sing it. Just I am not even going to Boo. All music created magnificently. Let me find it in my notes. I know I wrote them down. Hans Zimmer and Klaus Bedell. And I have so many strong opinions about their pieces. All of them exclusively positive yeah the music is great (laughs) there are some moments where it's just kind of i would say a little bland but it's not bad Mm -hmm. it's kind of just bland to fade in the background give you something i don't think that in a movie everything needs to be jam-packed action music heavy uh so i think the score does exactly what it needs to do when it does it uh i I used to listen to it uh to study with back in undergrad Right, yeah, I, yeah. This and Sherlock Holmes, like, were two oh, yeah. soundtracks that I just constantly Ooh. played. Definitely, I love the uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s. Yeah, yes, excellent music and also by Hans Zimmer, I believe. <laughs> Discombobulation. That's a hell of a good one. Guy's really good at interesting percussion. Yeah, yeah. Because I just realized that I think it's in Sherlock Holmes where it's like the sound of industry. <laughs> is the percussion in some of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course the famous like, hey, I can relax now. I made one really long note and everybody's really cool with it. <laughs> got a got a lot of inception. Someday we we will talk inception and it will be magnificent because there's so many fun theories. Inception there. for me though, I gotta say, like I loved that. I loved the script. I did. And yeah. and the, the excuse me, we're talking about the composition, the uh, the score. I loved it. But it ruined every single movie trailer from that point on. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> every single one. I still miss the old uh, I think I want to say it's Fred Tatascor. But I think I'm completely wrong on that. But it's the in a world oh yeah the voice. aliens have come from the moon and you're like heck yeah and now you you don't get no. any of that because they tried i think they tried after he passed like there was a couple of guys that that got to do a couple movies like that but i think it just didn't work because it wasn't him yeah yeah you can be the next one ron vault jeez oh, here's trying <laughs> here's the <to> hope <laughs> Just come up and be like, all right, this time on Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> um, <laughs> Captain Jack Spur, he's, um, what? I'm fired? Okay. okay. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jack Sparrow arrives 
and he he wits his way aboard a ship turns two uh, guards just two silly supporting characters who appear in every fucking movie and have their own foils on uh barbosa's ship yeah. which is hilarious to me good old pentel and rigetti thank you yeah i can never remember their names those are the pirates right yes yes yeah i don't know i yeah. could never remember the marines the, the uh, red coats. One is <laughs> one is Lieutenant Gillette, I believe. Really? He's a lieutenant. The, he, Gillette's a competent one. Oh, okay. I think he's oh, the one. You're that, right. You're uh, right. He's the he's one like that's Norrington's like right, Norrington's right hand. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say. I was like, holy crap! They're fucking lieutenants. Like, <laughs> how did they get right. there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did find it though. It is. Um, we're so good at this. Yeah. We're we do <laughs> podcast. Do 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 do. Uh I believe it's Murtog and Mulroy. And I'm not sure if I'm saying huh. those correctly. But yeah, I like gods. it. They're the, they're the they're the red sh- shirts. Yeah, they're goofy they're guys red. and and Jack Sparrow immediately talks his way past them, uh which it shows a beautiful thing uh like this movie's great at their character work. And that's one of the beauties of Jack Sparrow is he's an excellent reader of other people. So he knows precisely how to get out of like any kind of trap because he walks in there and he's like, Oh, I bet these two constantly fight each other. Like, you know, good friends, you know, just like they bicker with each other. So he's like, I bet I could work that against them, get past them, get on the ship. And if Elizabeth Swan hadn't fainted and fallen into the waters, Jack Sparrow might've gotten out of there. But being the guy he is, he jumped in after her and got captured for his efforts. Immediately escaped from that capture, only to run into Will Turner and Will Turner's home territory of his blacksmith area. Yeah. And then you—that's where you learn that Will can fight better than most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Jack Sparrow uses that against him too. He turns it into a training lesson, so yeah. that he can get out, try to get out the door. From there, eventually we get introduced to the crew of the Black Pearl, and they come. Or they be cursed. Uh, and they abduct uh, Elizabeth for reasons of the plot, and uh, then it the story is now Will taking Jack to go get her back. Like they they both want to be at the Black Pearl for different reasons. Oh my yeah. God! I actually remember why they took Elizabeth. Uh, they were there for a Turner. Yeah. And when Elizabeth was caught, she's like, oh, crap, I'm the governor's daughter. I'm super important. If I right. tell them my last name is Swan, they'll kidnap me for sure instead of, like, just leaving me here or killing me. Right. So she's like, oh, I'm Elizabeth Turner. And they're like, oh. And it's just like this terrible cosmic churn where it's like, we need a Turner. She secretly wanted it just to be her last name. Yeah. That's it. It was subconscious. It was was Freudian. (laughs) Yeah, so we do meet the (laughs) Black Pearl, and we learn that they are cursed. They are cursed. That's the curse. That's the title of the movie. I know. (laughs) They said it. It's fucking fucking crazy, you guys. Yeah. And, I mean, again, the title also has many different uh, meanings, like, uh, you know, at World's End has so many meanings, and 
I don't really know if Dead Man's Chest really has any other meanings than just Dead Man's Chest. Unfortunately, but, that one's really literal. That one's yeah. Literal, yeah, but I feel like it's not necessarily connected to what it's connected to in the movie. I, I feel like... Yeah. Kind of like At World's End. Yeah, because it's like At World's End could mean like literally going to At World's End, or it could be the pirate, the end of the pirate's world. Yeah. And, but like Curse of the Black Pearl... Mm-hmm. One is there's the literal curse of, you know, all the 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 shipmates can't die They're I mean, they can die if you blow their bones apart and everything, but they're still going to be alive some some way, I guess. They'll just be feeling the, the explosion, I guess. They, they'll just really wish that somebody would gather them up and put them back together. Yeah. And when they step into the moonlight, they just become bones and sinew. And you know elizabeth learns that the hard way through a, a horrific nightmare and one of the greatest lines in any kind of action film delivered by the irreplaceable jeffrey rush who is hector barbosa the captain of the black the, uh, pearl you best be- start believing in ghost stories miss turner you're in one and then proceeds to have a terrible <laughs> cgi wine <laughs> his skelly body that is like that's like the one big negative of Black Pearl, is it's not bad. It's not like super bad CGI. It's 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 dated definitely, but for but for two thousand three CGI. Yeah, it's yeah. I would say yeah. it was pretty good for O three. I would say it was pretty good for then. There definitely had been it, like in the next two movies, oh, just yes. three years from now. In the next two movies, yeah, but I mean you know tech like expands so fast and people you know mm-hmm. the, as it expands there's people who figure out how to use they also it got like a super great budget for the next movie i think <laughs> probably better than yeah. this one i would imagine because this one did really well everybody was like fuck yeah pirates. yeah but that's <laughs> i think that's really the synopsis for black pearl is jack and will start going on a cat and mouse chase to save elizabeth and this film doesn't specific like there's no literal setup for the next two films. There's just a lot of world building and you know background setup that that impl- right. that that impacts the next two films. But it's mostly standalone. You know, you you can watch this and feel satisfied yeah. with the ending, satisfied that you know Jack's gonna go his way, Will and Elizabeth are gonna go their ways, and everybody's gonna be happy ever after. You can believe it. Yeah. Or you can watch the next two movies, which I highly recommend. But, you know, audiences at the time didn't. Know this going ahead if you haven't watched these movies. Dead Man's Chest and At World's End are like one nearly five hour long movie. They're very highly connected. Uh, this like I like the ending in Dead Man's Chest, but it is not the wrap. It definitely doesn't wrap up in a pretty bow yeah. like... Uh, yeah if you watch dead man's you gotta watch at world's Uh, end you just have to it's like it's like with star wars you know you can watch a new hope and feel somewhat satisfied but then if you watch uh empire strikes back you have to watch return of the jedi that's for sure so speaking of then ron vald regale me a tale whenever you're ready ron vald oh do I like welcome everyone back or 
Oh no, we're not gonna take like a commercial break or anything. Okay, we're gonna act like I said, regale me a tale, and then. And yeah, then we, we weren't. We weren't. We weren't paused. Yeah. What are you talking about? This is one continuation, Ronvald. Yeah. We record movie. three hours straight every single time. Everybody, shut relax. the fuck up! I'm trying to start. <laughs> <laughs> You can do this, Ronvald. You're handsome. Everybody likes you. And they want to hear your voice. All right. You're the Scald. We love you. Shut up. (laughs) So, Dead Man's Chest. Uh, And that is the show. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dead Man's Chest is um i'm gonna tilt my hand here and say my favorite of the pirates trilogy oh shit uh here we actually start like we even see the writers tilting their like hand towards the audience just say like hey we have a bunch of other stuff planned here and the pirate mythos is deeper than you think because we we dipped our toes into the supernatural in pirates uh curse of the black pearl Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, so there are skelly pirates. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and Where a skelly monkey. And a skelly monkey. Jack, Don't truly the star. Which, that is bullshit, by the way. Like, just because he's adopted by Barbosa, he gets to be part of the curse. Like, that poor guy. You know, well, I think he took a, a coin. He did. He took some of that ah, treasure. Ah, that's fair. Okay. That Jack knew what he was doing. Well... Um, also, can we talk about Hector Barbosa naming his monkey Jack just as a middle finger to the real Jack? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's those little moments where Hector Barbosa is a great villain and a great character. <laughs> right. No, we, made, we named the monkey Jack. You know, in your favor. <laughs> the gist of this movie, we have... Um, we've already seen some of our characters and we've set the stage so we don't have to reintroduce ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we have Jack Sparrow, Captain Jack Sparrow. Arr. A bit of his backstory be hinted at with the arrival of two figures of myth. You have Davy Jones, played by the great Bill Nye, where Davy Jones is actually a reference to Davy Jones' locker. Uh, a figure of speech in the nautical world, where it's not an actual place you can shove a nerdy pirate inside. It's actually a reference to the bottom of the sea. So to send Uh, someone to Davy Jones' locker is to sink their vessel, preventing them from, one, living. Uh, Yes, green. uh, SpongeBob taught me differently. I believe it's an actual physical locker with dirty socks in it. Yeah. Davy Jones. We don't mention that square bastard in my presence. Speaking of SpongeBob, we also have the Flying Dutchman, who apparently in SpongeBob didn't sound at all Dutch. I am calling them out on this. <laughs> oh, snap. But the Flying the Flying Dutchman in folklore was actually a ship lost adrift at sea. Uh, it was said to be a ship that could never make port, so no none of them could ever truly live invariably that would mean that it had to be a ghost crew i also think it's kind of an explanation for just abandoned ships 
Like something yeah. happened, maybe the crew did die, but these ships didn't immediately sink without their crew. So you could just they be just sailing along at night and just see a ship. That's the no crew, no sails open, just a drift at sea. New ship. Yeah, well, new ship, but here's the problem. Pirates are superstitious as hell. So as soon as they see that, they're like, nope, fuck this place. <laughs> they have to get the hell out. <laughs> but, so, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio combine these two figures and make Davy Jones the captain of the Flying Dutchman, which is also one of the coolest looking ships yeah. I've ever yeah. seen. It's like this weird skeletal pirate ship crewed by people who have never been able to touch land and they uh the character designers went f all in on these characters yeah, it's fucking to the dope. point where they are part of the sea where and part of the ship from, and part ways. of the ship so you have pieces of actual ship equipment and pieces of aquatic creatures which range from davy jones having this weird chimera mix where one hand is actually the claw of a crab and his face is uh, has octopus features. So in one character you have the feared decapod cephalopod combo <laughs> by Bill Nye, so it has an air of ridiculosity to it. Imagine like Cthulhu with a pirate like a pirate accent going like Hello there Bop <laughs> like okay i'm on this ride let's do this immediately charming let's do this but it also ranges to the stupid which is why pirates of the caribbean cannot be taken seriously which is why you're able to turn your brain off you have a guy yeah whose body appears to be an entirely different crew member and this pirate is a conch shell where his head is also a crab <laughs> Cause you and that don't make sense it makes no sense and he's the dumbest character he just, and yet I'm still on board but he just gets knocked off and he swivels around and it's just like are you just a crab that has like some dead person's body like that's what all is he <laughs> I think his head just turned into a conch it's just, it just slowly became a conch it just slowly became so a conch weird. and then it could become separate of the body but and the body crew, just doesn't listen to him. The <laughs> <laughs> body's like, crew, fuck him, I'm out. This crew comes to uh, harass Captain Jack Sparrow because of a debt he owes Davy Jones. And the movie does not go into this, but it hints repeatedly at uh, Jack Sparrow's crime. His great crime that branded him a pirate. And of course we see this come from two antagonistic fi uh, figures... One, Captain Davy Jones, demanding a hundred souls, or Jack's soul. For And I don't think the movie actually uh, brings this up fully, but Davy Jones brings back Jack's ship. And Jack lost yeah. the ship because of his former employer, Cutler Beckett, one of the heads of the East India Trading Company. And Cutler Beckett ordered Jack, who was a privateer at the time, aboard the Wicked Wench, which was Jack's ship, ordered him to deliver some cargo from one of the African capes. And uh, bringing up those two words immediately tells you what yeah. kind of cargo he had. 
And Jack, I believe in a deleted scene, people aren't cargo, mate. So mm. we have Jack Sparrow, a privateer under the employ of the East India Trading Company, releasing slaves because Jack Sparrow, let's not beat around the book, is a bastard. He's a yeah. bastard. <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow is a villain. He is a pirate. He's selfish, all these yeah. things. But when push comes to shove, Jack is a good man. So he releases these slaves, a hundred souls. And he is sunk for it. His ship is burned. He is stranded. But he makes a deal with Davy Jones. And Davy Jones raises his ship from the sea. Its hull blackened, its sails scorched. And it is rechristened the Black Pearl. So the Black Pearl is the Wicked Wedge? Yes. And that is one of the coolest backstories that they did not talk about. See how much better he is at this, people? Where's What's the source of this? Is this all so, in deleted scenes and shit? Uh, uh, DVD part content? of it is in deleted scenes, but there are also books that have come out explaining oh. Jack's backstory. And, of course, uh, in high school, I had it in embarrassingly burning passion for these movies to the point where I will say this to you and all the couch potatoes out there I haven't watched one of these movies in 10 years <laughs> and I still remember all of this it yes. stayed it is etched so, into my soul <laughs> this this couch potatoes is why we invited Ron Vald the Skull to sit with us and do this <laughs> Not not because of of his uh, his pirate fetish, but because of uh, he's better at it than us. He's better. <laughs> you're not gonna get a story told with the great detail that he can bring to it. He is truly uh, he is a the skull man. Yeah, yar, you're making me blush. <laughs> yar, the skull there, Ronvold. Oh, you stop it. No, so, uh, tangent aside, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. This movie comes to a few a few heads here. A few different paths are in this movie. Because I think it goes to three men are at the core of this movie. You have Jack Sparrow trying to backpedal where I think, personally, I think Captain Jack Sparrow comes truly to life when he is backpedaling. Yeah. Uh, and this entire movie is Jack sprinting backwards. <laughs> is it the mm. first movie or this movie where somebody, one of the uh, naval men is like, do you think he plans it all out? Because <laughs> I, I think it's uh, Gillette in the first movie where Norrington, Postmaster General Norrington, looks at Jack <laughs> and goes, you're the worst pirate I've ever heard of. And he's like, but you have heard of me. And Gillette sits there and chuckles because in this moment, Norrington is dismissing Jack because he knows why Jack is a pirate. And it's because he freed slaves and he was deemed a pirate by the East India Trading Company for this transgression. So in essence, he is a shit pirate because he didn't partake <laughs> in the slave trade. So on the topic of Vice Admiral Norrington, we have his story where he is disgraced. He's no longer known as Master Chief Norrington. <laughs> Not even Colonel <laughs> Cucky. 
Kentucky Colonel. <laughs> Not even Kentucky Colonel. Kentucky Kernel. Fried Colonel Norrington uh, lives in disgrace, and he's trying to find a way to get into the good graces of the powers that be. Meanwhile, yeah. you have William Turner, because we have to have a romance angle in these damn movies for some reason. It's fun. I know it's fun. I just wanted more Jack when I was in high school. <laughs> but, so you have uh, Will Turner, and the writers actually bring in another character that they mentioned briefly in the first movie, which is Bootstrap Bill Turner. Mm-hmm. Bill Turner. Uh, we'll One of my least favorite he... characters. Right, but we'll bring in Bootstrap <laughs> beyond the wall of spoilers for why they needed him. Right. Yeah. But, that's a good idea. Uh, Will is trying to find his father. And he finds him uh, in this movie aboard the Dutchman, serving as part of the crew. And so his goal is to try and free his father. Jack is trying to free himself. Norrington is trying to regain his honor. Mm-hmm. And this leads to this amazing like struggle over the the eponymous the item the MacGuffin, the eponymous the title uh yes the dead man's chest because uh bum, bum, in this bum, the dead man's chest bum, is exactly bum, 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 bum. it's a chest a real chest. chest and it belongs to a dead man because there's <gasps> literally a heart inside it <laughs> Oh shit! It's got two and meanings. So, it does have two meanings. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, it's his chest, and there's a chest. <laughs> Gods, I I should leave this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Why am I here? <laughs> uh, what do you, What do you think? You think uh, that is that pretty much the summary of uh, the synopsis of this movie? I. I'd give it that, but I'd also would like to talk about one of the coolest details. Yeah. Which is tied intrinsically to why I love this movie above the others. Uh, one, Davy Jones is one of the greatest film villains oh, yeah. I've ever seen. He, if anything, in my earliest memories, he's one of the first sympathetic villains I truly c- clicked with. Yeah. Because you have... There's obviously a deep sorrow to Davy Jones in this movie. And it comes out as rage and passionate sorrow through his music. Yes. And that music, Davy Jones' theme, is one of the greatest, most beautiful pieces I've ever heard. And it is only made more magnificent with the other force against the world against the pirates against order and everything is the kraken which mm. has one of the great oh god i know i keep saying the music's great but just even listen to klaus belda and hans zimmer the kraken and it's like jaws mixed with pirates mixed with like the orchestra of heaven i don't know (laughs) (laughs) But it's a struggle against these supernatural forces that just embody the sea. So everything Jack loves, he has to try and avoid in this movie. And it also has one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. It's stupid. It's a very stupid fight. It's on a windmill. 
or no water <laughs> wheel. a water wheel yeah yeah there's a water wheel and Cirque du Soleil if they would do this in a show I would <laughs> I would give them all of my money I've seen the wheel trick in Cirque du Soleil I need pirates on it <laughs> see and I I absolutely love that scene wholeheartedly oh, but it's yes. also it's also one of the moments where it pushes itself to the to the border of where I'm where I'm just like all right I'm starting to critique you know because right. there's, there's there's so many moments where I'm just like for example, they're trying to get a key that's stuck on the bottom of it, and Jack running along the bottom hits a hits a pull. That pull then disappears, and he never yes. has to worry about it again <laughs> while trying to run after that key. Huh. He doesn't and, duck. He never ducks. He never you know he doesn't have to like do, worry about it. He just runs the entire that. world of it. And right I at the beginning, where he would have gotten hit, he just grabs the key. You know what? I believe the term huh. is rule of cool. Yeah, <laughs> because nothing in that fight should happen as effortlessly <laughs> as it does. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're just like hanging on like effortlessly when it's like rolling up and over, and like oh, yeah. they they don't even worry about gravity. It's so fun. I believe in the words of Cinema Sins, they survive this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, That's but fine. again, but again, I, I don't. It doesn't go beyond. It just it works it up to the border where right. I'm like, uh oh, I'm starting to become the critic again. But then I just relax because it's fucking hilarious. Like so, I don't care. That brings up another moment that is very similar, very similar to this, where they're in cages made out of human bones, and it's basically <laughs> hamster balls that they're in. Yeah, and oh, they're all they're geez. doing the same thing. They're they're running away. Well, this in this they're running away from uh, a. a a bunch of uh, tribal people and uh that is just another moment where you're like okay this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you love it at the same time it's like it's like billy benny hill antics like <laughs> you expect them to have that music <laughs> we have come to a point where i have to bring up another reason i genuinely love jack yeah we brought up how brilliant he is with people and I remember us talking um, off mic about yeah. how it seems he's right. like five steps ahead of everything. Like this guy's always on his feet, uh, always thinking. And I, 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 I'd like to argue that. I don't think he's five steps ahead of it. Yeah. I think it's like at most two. <laughs> because in uh, all these movies seem to have yeah. like love right. to put Jack gets away as a scene and in both of them all i see is yeah. sheer blind panic yes but with calculations behind it where it's uh either him swinging from a ship arm on the docks of port royal him screaming his lungs out but still kind of looking around to see like oh hell where do i always go? running with his hands in front of him like <laughs> like going crazy it's it's like he's grasping at options that's why yes his hands yeah are out. he's just like oh god he's, something's gotta save me oh i love that <laughs> he's a pirate through and through and the the biggest thing about piracy to be successful is to be able to find any opportunity he's an opportunist it's survival and grasping at any chance of making something better for you. i would say he's he's two <laughs> steps ahead with a perfect pivot toe you know what yeah. i'll give him that that man's got a perfect pivot yeah 
He knows when he that pelvis pivots perfectly. Right when he gets when he gets frightened, he can immediately just turn around and be like, "All right, what's Plan B? I gotta find a Plan B." With pinpoint poise, that pelvis pivots perfectly. All right, I'm done. My bit's over. <laughs> I appreciated it. You've That's penned good. us a poem, you poet. I'm a poet. I didn't. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so, but I would say that's uh, the most non-spoilery summary of Dead Man's Chest I can give. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Where uh, gonna... once we go beyond the wall, I will just start gushing about why I love that movie. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna hire you to all just right. summarize all of our films from now on. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll just and we'll come in at the end and be like, yeah, I did like it. <laughs> so are we moving on. I think we are. I think I'm going to talk about At World's End. Just just a little bit, because this movie in particular is hard to talk about without spoilers. Because you pretty much have all the same characters as mm-hmm. you did before. But, you know, they're wrapping up the end of this. But basically, At World's End, I, I, I never really liked the title, but I get why they named it At World's End. Because that is how they get to rescue Jack. From a precarious situation, let's say that. Jack somehow is in prison again in a different form. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, uh, I don't know if we mentioned Beckett or not. Yes, yes you did. Mm-hmm. You mentioned him in the backstory. So he does become a prevalent character in, at Deadman's Chest. That's not the title. <laughs> um, and <laughs> he he's pretty much in control of everything. Uh, at the top of this movie davy jones who we you could argue was kind of the the top predator of the sea uh is at his beck and call for reasons more yeah, like a second that we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was just i was two seconds behind you <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyhow yeah the end the end of the, the rest of the movie is them trying to gather the brethren court Arr. The, the pirates the pirate lords to meet and decide what to do in order to get control uh, or at least the ability to be free on the sea so we talked a lot about how these movies a big theme in them is order versus freedom or uh, law versus freedom piracy versus industry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is ex- extremely <laughs> prevalent in this particular Heck, film. I'd even go so far as to say it's superstition versus the scientific almost. Yeah, that 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 can fall on that same line. I I yeah. Cuz I think like Beckett's big goal is to erase everything like piracy stands for. And that could even extend to like the mysticism of the sea. Yeah. Right. Where... I I could see yeah that he I mean, I think really I don't know that he necessarily he probably does hate pirates but I think it's it's more than that. I think he thinks that the the sea is something for him to tame. Well, it's even... And to tame it is for him to destroy anything that is beyond normal yeah. man's reason. Right. It's like anything that's beyond his variables. Because yeah. uh one of his big lines is it's good it's business. Good business. And I think that's, like, the entirety of it. Whereas, of course, Jack would like treasure. He'd like to live. 
uh, I mean, one of his big things is avoiding death, but I think Jack's, one of his biggest priorities is freedom and the oh, ability yeah. to do whatever he wants, uh, to sail the unknown and to have something be unknown, whereas Cutler Beckett wants everything to be in control, uh, into statistics and into something that he can measure and mm. pirates completely throw off his calculus beckett is played by tom holler hollander excuse me tom hollander and uh you know i can't say that beckett is my favorite character but he's definitely played very well yeah, he oh was... he's played great i yeah. immediately hated him yeah and i think that yeah. speaks to his performance very well <laughs> and he's a different he's also a different type of villain too because it's like you know curse yeah. curse had barbosa who was just another swashbuckling pirate who had a weird phrase for everything. You know, whenever he opened his mouth, there was another crazy pirate seafaring phrase coming out. Well, right. You got to remind the, the audience every two seconds that he's a pirate. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you had Davy Jones, who, we've, you know, as we talked about, is he's a great pirate as well. He's a, a legend of a pirate in a way. So he's like, he's completely different than Barbosa, but at the same time, pretty similar. Just more more intimidating you know it, there, there's more at stake with him and then you have cutler beckett who as blake said is the industry he is business yeah he's well, hell, completely different um, style of villain it's like crimes of emotion versus logic mm-hmm. you have davy jones who's driven by his heart and the pain he has felt mm-hmm. you have hector barbosa who's driven by his selfish greed or just like his whims. And then Cutler Beckett's just like, no, it's numbers. Everything can be bought, sold and controlled. And I think it's why I hate him so much. So like Beckett's not a very deep villain by Mm -hmm. any means, but he's not supposed to be. He is a force of change. Yeah. That the right. pirates either have to allow to happen or fight against. Yeah, which kind of makes him the odd man out and thusly how the pirates are able to band together to knock that force out. Yeah. Sometimes we bring up the uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, alignment chart. And he says I, we... I would say... <laughs> yeah, it's probably mostly me. Uh, anyways, Beckett, I would say, is definitely lawful evil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, that's totally lawful evil. At least from the view of the pirates. Barbosa, uh, I would like to say that he is maybe neutral evil. Because, he, he, honestly, I... I, I he, more, towards the end, he, that kind of lessens. The fourth, movie, the fourth movie makes him part of the British the army i yeah i think barbosa i'd even give him just chaotic neutral chaotic neutral yeah maybe towards the end of the last two movies but in the first movie when he's all he really cares about is getting his crew back to where they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. i i i yeah they do some pretty chaotic things but uh he he it's very selfish Mm. Oh yes. What they're doing, like you know, they're they're willing to completely spill all these people's blood that has touched this gold, um, 
Which I guess is mostly their blood, isn't it? Yeah, that's the weird thing, is it's all their own blood. (laughs) Yeah. But they kill a bunch of people and spill their blood to find one person's blood. (laughs) Which which reminds me, now that I think about it, again, I'm sorry to bring up the monkey, but if it still has a coin, then wouldn't the curse still be there? Because he oh, can't gosh, die. In that's the... actually well, covered. They, the curse, the curse ended. They did it, and then they, he stole another the one. Curse, and then he okay. come and got another. That's one. the yeah. thing. So he's the only person with. That's the a post credit scene, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And they, yeah. I think they still cover it in the other movies that that monkey can't die. Yeah, I don't think Jack the monkey cares though. <laughs> that stupid monkey. Anybody else ship the monkey with the the parrot? Oh yeah, Cotton, Cotton's yeah. parrot. Yeah, him and Polly. Ah, uh, good old Polly. They were a good, uh, good friendship uh, duo. We want to see those children. <laughs> so we want to talk. <laughs> we want to talk behind a wall and you know get all spoilery and stuff. Oh heck yeah, I do. Yeah, we do. Ahoy there, couch potatoes! Go to our one minute twenty six ten seconds in about, and that's where the wall be coming down. Arr think one of the biggest things i could talk about is the brethren core itself yeah but i think the biggest stuff i want to talk about uh now that we're beyond the spoiler wall is the kraken yeah because oh yeah the kraken itself is one of the coolest monsters in movies for me not only because we never see the damn thing we never see the entirety of the kraken we see fractions of it we see it in the dark depths or my biggest issue we see it beached yeah and this is what bothers me one of the coolest moments and character defining moments for captain jack sparrow is at the end of dead man's chest where elizabeth swan sacrifices jack tricks him into being uh left alone with the kraken Mm -hmm. and so you have this moment where Jack realizes he cannot escape. And instead of backpedaling, as we have seen him do countless times, he faces the Kraken. And its maw opens wide, and you see this unrelenting power. And he goes, hello, beastie. And it smells so bad. It smells awful. But he found a hat. And he gets his hat back. (laughs) And so the Kraken takes him. Down to Davy Jones' locker, which we see as it's either like this for everybody or it's just a prison for Jack because he's the resident there. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing we can jam on about because it's a great setup and everything. Yeah. But we find out that the Kraken is dead. Because at the end of Dead Man's Chest, oh jeez, I can't even remember his name. Hold on, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Staff Sergeant Norrington. Ah, indeed. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wins. He wins Dead Man's Chest because he brings the heart to Cutler Beckett, mm-hmm. meaning that Beckett is now in charge of Davy Jones and, by extension, the Kraken. Yeah. Which I don't think we actually really explain explain that it's Davy Jones's heart. Right. Yeah. I think we were saving that for back here. And I think that's that's even another top topic. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like sure. why is there a heart there? Uh how is Davy moving? <laughs> oh fuck that one. We're not gonna go there. Right. But we see 
this amazing symbol of the sea just tossed aside. Yeah. Like Ted Elliott, yeah. Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio were either like, oh, crap, I don't want to work on the Kraken 2. Or think, it was a demonstration of the sheer power yeah. that Cutler Beckett was supposed to possess. But I think it's in more my of that. Opinion, that's, it's bullshit to me. I wanted to see the Kraken fight some shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree yeah. because it's it's scenes in the in Dead Man's Chest are epic. You know, watching it take down ships is super awesome because it because yeah. it has a different method. It's like instead of cannons and shit, this thing has a process. Yeah. To yeah to take down ships. It could just suck the bottom of a ship like into itself like the first time, so that we don't have to have any oh, yeah. spoilers of the tentacles and what it really is. Yeah, or it just raises all of its tentacles up and just bashes the fucking ship to pieces. <laughs> I literally. Uh, just watched an episode of The Magicians today. I don't know if either of you have given that show a chance. They just introduced the Kraken in the show. <laughs> oh, really? You know, it's yeah. weird because, like, I like the Kraken so much because in this movie, whether it was the intention or not, it brought to life a piece of nautical lore because on old ship uh on old maps you would see these strange weird creatures uh drawn into parts of the sea to tell you like hey that's uncharted waters or it's really dangerous and they're like hey why don't we bring a weird creature from scandinavian mythology the kraken or I think Pintel and Rigetti argue about how it's pronounced. Where it's like, it's actually the Kraken. It's just like, I don't <laughs> care. We're calling it the Kraken from now on. <laughs> but to, it, it, it just seems so anticlimactic after watching it, it be such a danger in the second one. Just to have the bureaucrat seem more powerful. Yeah, I mean, though, but like, it, if they decided to even go that route just show it show the scene yeah yes like instead of him being like i had him kill his little pet right yeah i'd like to see more signs of sympathy towards davy jones right yeah yeah it would have definitely helped i I mean like even if like there's so many there's a montage scene of davy just blowing up ships right instead of ships just show him blow up his his crack and his yeah you know and his pet his i mean crack. we've are we did see uh tears roll down davy's cheek already well i would love to see that more right yeah that was that was only because the heart came onto the ship uh, he doesn't he wasn't feeling emotions and that's how he that's how he knew that the heart was brought onto the ship because then he stormed up to becca and he's like you get that blasted thing off my ship that's right yeah, <laughs> and it's just like oh shit oh, gotta love it but it's I mean, I, I totally agree with you both. I think they should have shown it, but it's more to emphasize the emotional hit that was to Jack because, you know, Jack's was Jack was in Davy Jones' locker, and when he comes out, the world's completely changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, pirates are being killed left and right. The Kraken that killed him, this huge legend, is dead, just, you know, murdered by its owner. You know, it's it's a huge moment, and, like, I totally agree. I think they still should have shown it. But you know, not showing it was was what made it such a big emotional hit. It's um, I don't know if Captain Jack mentions this, but it's 
the world keeps getting smaller. Yeah. yeah. And I think No, no. Hmm? He says the the world's not getting smaller, there's just less in it. That's exactly That's it. it. And yeah. seeing the crack of dead is like the biggest indicator of that. There's just mm-hmm. less in it is there's less to discover, there's less mystery, there's less grand things out there, ideas, dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me getting choked up over this freaking trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that is what, you know, film should do for you though, uh, Ron Vald. It should make you think. And they 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 even did it in this campy pirates movie. I don't know if campy yeah. is the right term for what's going on. It's right. I'd give campy. I think it's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like, it is fairly gritty. I mean, they are very, very dirty people. <laughs> yeah. Literally <laughs> gritty. <laughs> There's some that accuracy. weird hockey mascot. <laughs> but, oh, um, shit. Well, no, let's talk about the accuracy there because that's another beautiful thing about this whole trilogy is how devoted they are to what pirate life was like yeah they're all they're all grimy they smell like crap some of them have yellow eyes because of jaundice or hepatitis from like sleeping around (laughs) so much listen we want you to look at these pirates like rock stars and these pirates these pirates fuck and these pirates are gross as hell Uh, hey, that reminds me. Um, Keith Richards is, is in that movie. Oh, what a mean segue. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think to talk that, though, we have to, to back up to... to the Brethren's Court? What's her name? Oh. Yeah, but, well, her, the binding of... Calypso, oh. yeah. Calypso, oh, Calypso thank you. The, with the scene with the Kraken where Jack and Barbosa have that moment... It's like a, it's a beautiful moment because it's Barbosa talking Jack into calling the brother in court. Right. You know, it's because Jack doesn't want to do it. Jack just wants to run away. He doesn't want this battle. He knows it's going to be a, a terrible battle and, you know, he's scared of it kind of. Right. You know, he also has his own plans of trying to become Davy because if you That's stab the heart true. of Davy Jones, right. you become Davy Jones, All I guess. All of a sudden he gets to live forever. Okay, so that brings in the mirages, though, too. Like, when he's in Davy Jones's locker, he has so many freaking mirages of himself <laughs> as crewmates. In fact, he slaughters one of them. That's how that's how bored and alone he is. Uh, but, but he doesn't slaughter him. He's still alive. He's on the ground. He's still breathing. <laughs> but I think yeah. in that scene, we see the true essence of Jack, of Jack Sparrow. Because... We, we, as far as the audience is aware, if they never watched any trailers or never saw anything, Jack is dead. But yeah. then we hear, like, hey, we're going to go find Jack. We're going to get him back from David Jones' lock. And you're like, oh, God, what kind of torture is he going through? What kind of right. prison is Davy Jones' locker? And the first freaking thing we see is a peanut. No, not even a peanut. <laughs> we see the banister of the black pearl and jack sparrow's nose and we follow it for just a little too long than you'd expect it's <laughs> <laughs> <finds> a peanut <laughs> i think it's just right it's, it's beautiful absolutely perfect and then we see <gasps> wait 
He kills two of them then. Because right. he killed the one who found the peanut. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And then he kills the guy because he tied the shit up wrong, even though Jack probably tied it up 17 different times. <laughs> you just, well, you see, like, the true prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, Jack has a ship. Like, but that's cold comfort for the fact that there's no goddamn sea. There's no people either. Jack no. likes people. There's no people. There's no wind. There's just a weird amount of rocks. And they all seem to be yep. the same shape for some reason. <laughs> Uh-oh. Thank Uh-oh. you, I lost the traveler for a moment. I guess I want to wait for him to come back, but I think we should journey back to uh, to Calypso, who is Tia Dalma, is what the character's name is in, in her human form. And she's played by Naomi Harris. I think there was something he wanted to say about her. So I hope she comes back. Uh, he comes back, rather, the traveler. <laughs> Uh, edit that Be- out. Beautiful. <laughs> no, I think that's going to be our new theme song. <laughs> uh, I hope he does come back. Yeah, I miss him. God, is so unprofessional. We have a show to do. <laughs> there Here he is. comes. I lost internet. Hey, so Traveler, we uh, we actually wrapped up the show. Yeah, it's over. Fuck. While you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> So I was just saying that uh, you had brought up Calypso and I said in her human form known as Tia Dalma played by Naomi Harris. Yes. Beautifully played by Naomi Harris. So I have issues with Tia Dalma. Nothing against Tia Dalma the person or anything like that. It's uh, it's just people's tend and we ha- i i know one of you has a theory for me that i really enjoy about tia dalma but uh yes tia dalma is an old associates of jack's and she's like this really mysterious seer witch sea yeah. hag type thing uh yeah but, she lived uh man i still don't remember what they're they're called but she it might be mangrove it might, I think be, it might mangrove be mangrove tree. but she is uh, uh played as a voodoo practitioner not like sure. voodoo or anything voodoo but she's got this big old secret she is calypso and if you've read the odyssey mm-hmm. like i have you think that's super weird because she's in the mediterranean <laughs> But uh, I think Green has a theory for why Calypso, as a Mediterranean nymph goddess, might be in the Caribbean. Because she is bound in the first Brethren Court, and she's kind of just stuck in the Caribbean. And so she just kind of, being stuck there, she just kind of adapts to the world around her. You know, she takes an interest in Vodou and all of her little witchcraft stuff that she uh, practices... I don't know if witchcraft is the right word, so if it's offensive, I'm sorry. But she, uh, you know, she adopts all these practices just because it kind of interests her, and so you know that's why she that's why she kind of resembles, you know, what she is in the movies right. because she just adapted. I I have always just had the mindset like I really appreciate that because it speaks to the displacement pirates are responsible for uh, oh, of yeah. people. Uh, but I also would have loved if they had gone into the Loa, which are the deities, I believe, of the Yoruba faith, 
uh, from countries like Ghana and that region of Africa. They mm-hmm. have gods of the seas, and honestly, you could have just called her like Akwe, which is uh, a masculine deity, but no one's going to check that in the random schlocky Disney <laughs> movie about pirates. <laughs> hey, they, 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 well, here, here's another theory I have for you. Mm-hmm. Is and they could have done this with a, with one line, you know. She could have still very well have been Calypso, but they could have listed off a uh, a line of epithets that were different deities across the world that were sea goddesses. Oh, that's something they could have yeah. done. I and then that. it wouldn't it would have been so weird because you know, like there, a lot of people talk about how a lot of myths. Uh, share a lot of things in common and like there's there's definitely equivalence when you drop from jump from pantheon to pantheon it's never perfect obviously right but yeah it's like uh, um, i think that could have worked it's like the transition of uh aphrodite throughout the uh, the mediterranean sea when she started she was freaking i think ishtar or ishtarte uh one of those and they eventually uh, became aphrodite uh, yeah. But when she arrived in Cathera, she was Aphrodite. But when she finally got to uh, uh, Sparta, it was like, I can't even remember the epithet for her. But it, she became like a goddess of love and warfare. Because any god worshipped in Sparta had to have warfare somewhere in their job titles. Um, <laughs> but I like that because uh, having Teodalma or Calypso have all these different names or epithets speaks to the fact that as as often as you want to call it the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, the Indian Ocean, it's all the right. same waters. Right. It's yeah. all the same there. No matter where water is, yeah. it is still connected in some way to the sea. Regardless, she is the sea. Right, and that's like the really cool way to take this. But that also brings us to why the heck did she need to be imprisoned? Why does she have a connection to Davy Jones and Captain Jack Sparrow? Because men are fucking petty. And that is, <laughs> you know what? That's there's the lesson. There's the whole lesson of the Pirates trilogy. It's, it's it's true, man. It's so true. Like men are garbo and petty. Davy Jones betrays smell the love bad. of his life, the mythic Calypso, and all because all because he he's only able to set foot on shore once in ten years, mm-hmm. and the time he gets the time he sets foot on shore, she's not there. She's off, you know, being a god, <laughs> like, <laughs> and so he feels betrayed. But it also speaks to like, okay, so big spoiler here. We get to see a new Flying Dutchman, the captain of the Flying Dutchman. We get Will Turner. But yes, you have a man not able to see land or their loved one for 10 years. What is on their stupid hormonal mind when they get to shore? And Tia Dommel's like, I, I, could, I could go anywhere. I saw this weird guy named Captain Jack. He's cute. Yeah, they totally, they totally had sex somewhere along the line. Oh, they have a history. Those seas were boiling. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times that Jack gets slapped in, in these movies is hilarious. The tempestuous uh, seas were calm that day. They 
fucked. <laughs> it, it brings up it brings up an interesting like dichotomy between I don't know if that's the right word, it just sounded cool. It brings up an interesting dichotomy between uh Davy Jones and Jack Sparrow because Jack totally stole his one. Oh jeez, totally. It's interesting because it's like, hey, I gave up my lady love because she broke my heart. And then my lady love goes to this this jackass Jack Sparrow who owes me so much money. <laughs> and now they're getting the brethren court together to free my lady love and she's still pissed at me. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even we didn't even talk the first the first court because Davy Jones feels betrayed. He talks a bunch of pirates together to bind Calypso to human form because he felt, again, betrayed by her. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's so petty. It's like there had to be more to it, but that's yeah. all that this movie really gives. Maybe it was more than once. I mean, he is uh, generations older than anyone else on yeah. the sea. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe there were several times where he came to where they were supposed to meet and she was off gallivanting. I mean, she is Maybe. she is a nymph, which I don't know if that. I mean, I feel like our more modern interpretation of it is there. The, the the nymphs are highly sexualized. I I, sh, I mean, they definitely were back in ancient Greece too. So I'm not gonna say that they weren't, but I feel like in ancient Greece it was more about the men's pursuit of those beings and them running away. They typically were not. They typically did not want to receive the attentions but i i feel like the more modern interpretation of it is is that they want those attentions and they want to lure men and women alike and and gallivant so maybe that is what was happening maybe but i mean the problem with david jones is she did love him she just had the freedom she is the sea so she just wasn't coming to him but he he teaches a bunch of pirates how to bind them and an interesting fact i guess from a video game is that the first pirate king of the, the of the first brethren court was a lady which is brought back in uh, at world's end when they have their fourth brethren court and they name elizabeth swan as their pirate king which i don't believe ronvald was pleased with but i enjoyed it quite a lot i have nothing against elizabeth swan as a character (laughs) but it just like and it was er it did all this stuff but it just seemed kind of weird to me that she wasn't the lord well she was a lord of the sea for like two days right yeah because of uh sao fang I yeah, was, I really liked yeah. his performance too. It was oh. a pretty short performance. He's really in two scenes. Chow Yun right, Fat. Say. Oh, yeah. Good. Uh, Chow Yun Fat. I guess it's uh, uh, Yun Fat Chow if you're going to say it the, the way that his culture says it. The amazing the amazing actor from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons. Oh, yeah. yes. Amazing. It doesn't sit well with me because it's just like, hey, Sao Feng's dead. You're the pirate lord now. And she's like, I've never sailed a ship by myself <laughs> yeah but she's she's versed in the lore she like she knows what she's doing like they've shown that many times throughout the show that she does know how to how to helm a ship pretty much you know she's she gets a lot of the the surprise moments in the fight scenes 
where she's just like throw the anchor on the starboard yeah. side and they turn around and they're club hauling it's only <laughs> Jeffrey but Rush. It only only happens because captain feng is confused and thinks that she's calypso yeah yeah she's brought on under false pretenses but this is the one time she gets to be written well yeah no i agree i like I'll it i'll grant you that uh i even like the the fact that uh captain fang thought that he was that he was gonna he was gonna try to yeah. get with her he was literally honestly about to assault or, or rape her and then right. he dies yeah that's but, what happens in the movie and that's not well, it was funny. the it was the anger of it was it the was anger just, of calypso yeah he he angered her i wouldn't know if he was going to rape her because he he stole a kiss and that was like as far as he was wanting to go as he wanted to get that kiss oh, okay. and then he did that he did that and he like backed off because he was like oh my god the power of that kiss was so crazy you know, he's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I shouldn't have done that. I, I overstepped my bounds. And then he gets hit by a cannonball. <laughs> and it's just like, yep, I overstepped my bounds. <laughs> just, I thought that was a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, to, I only really like it as the Pirate King because that's when she starts to become a great character. Because yeah, before that, that, she is just a somebody who fawns over Will the entire time you know she's always like struggling with her romance and it's it's one of the weaker parts of the the trilogy for me is because of how kind of poorly they write her because she's a great character that they can do so much with mm-hmm. that they kind of just push down as yeah, much as they can they until can. the end um i do think that she gets a lot more moments that are separate from will in at world's end yes. because yeah of the because of the events of dead man's chest like they they're not really i mean i think they're together but they're it's pretty fragile their their relationship at the beginning yeah. of this movie well and it's all it's all based on confusion because will does will thinks she likes jack and in reality she just can't stand the fact that she killed jack yeah, right. <laughs> and, and it's a whole matter of like you didn't trust me <laughs> and and also like he he betrayed jack too in dead man's chest yeah. oh my god yeah. will turner is so many betrayals in these two movies just from will turner in will's defense jack betrayed him first <laughs> that is true this is true a lot, a lot and, of times and he is he's his pirate mentor so he learned mm. from the best what else is there i know there's more topics yeah i'm sure there's more to talk about but oh. uh, are we how, how are we feeling are we we got more to talk about who wants to talk about what i can throw out a couple fun facts go for it the brethren court is made up of several very key pirates and they're all lords Mm -hmm. of specific seas so you have uh captain jack who is revealed to be the pirate lord of the caribbean where weirdly enough i don't know how or how he keeps the title Frickin' Hector Barbosa is actually the pirate lord of the Caspian Sea. Huh. Hmm. It just seems weird. He spends all of his time in the Caribbean. Right. Why is he still well, the pirate lord? That's just where the most trade is, I guess. I, I where is the Caspian Sea? I don't even. That is actually like near western, like northwestern Europe, I think. Yeah, I thought so. Just the titles themselves are so very loosely given. It really is just if you carry the mark of eight. Or a piece of eight, right? Then you are that 
you are the lord of that area that the piece of eight comes from. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. that's just kind of how it works. That also seems to stem from did you kill the previous owner? Or was yeah, another so that's one probably... added? Because then you have Mistress Ching, who is, I believe, the only female pirate captain there. And she is actually based on uh, Elizabeth Swan. Huh? Oh, true, true. The one that's had more than two days on the job. <laughs> uh, so, but Mistress, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to to interrupt. But the Caspian oh, Sea do it is anyways. landlocked <laughs> between Iran, Russia, Pakistan, and a couple of the other stands. So it is it is deep within Europe. So it makes you uh, wonder. Oh, well, Asia, really? It's actually, yeah, it's in Asia. Uh, so what, what is he doing way over there who knows I, I swear he just killed he, he just killed the guy who had the mark oh, of eight yeah. before i think that's i, how I feel it, like that's that has probably, to be it yeah but like uh that's why he's that's why he's stuck in the caribbean though is he's just like he got the job done he's like well i guess i'm king there oh, cool. so i can't really pirate a lot over in a landlocked <laughs> sea but then you have i think Mr. they'd find me yeah right Mistress Ching is the pirate lord of the Sea of China, I believe. And she is actually based on a real historical figure. Uh, I believe her name is pronounced Xing Shi. Uh, and she was a pirate captain that, at the height of her power, had the largest fleet of pirate ships in history. Uh, oh wow! And it's just amazing, and I could go into this huge tirade about how awesome she was. I mean, she's also a monster. Give us, she's a yeah. pirate. She's a pirate. Um, yeah. but it's just interesting to see that they take snippets of history and embolden it, like you have the pirate code, uh, or more like guidelines, as a lot of the pirates seem to are. <laughs> where yeah. it is said to have been passed down by Morgan and Bartholomew, which is Captain Henry Morgan and Captain Bartholomew Roberts. I believe that is also Captain Black Bart. Uh, which, just for make sure nobody yells at me in the comments or anything, uh, they were not the only two that wrote it, but they were definitely the ones that contributed a great deal to it. Also, Morgan and yeah. Bartholomew sounds really kick-ass. It does. Uh, right? You can't put, like... It's a good lawyer, lawyerly name. Right. Welcome to the offices of Morgan and Bartholomew. Who can we stab Yeah, Esquire. Here. And they're like, oh, I mean, I just wanted custody for my child. Is the last still alive? And they're like, oh, <laughs> um... Yeah, do you want us to kill your ex-spouse? It's like, no, no, what the hell? <laughs> and why have you come here? <laughs> We're offense attorneys. We go and attack other people on your behalf. <laughs> their their ad goes like, Morgan and Bartholomew, so cheap advice, it must be piracy. Hey, Leon? Ah, uh, yeah. I'd workshop it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was better in my head, but uh, we're here now. Uh, so, closing statements? You're har fiddly dee. Being a pirate, you're right to me. Do what you want, because a pirate is free. You are a pirate. Yo-ho. Safe travels and good night.
Um, <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go first? I'll do it. You do it. Uh, I give Curse of the Black Pearl, the first one, four stars. I think it is, in my opinion, a very perfect action film. It's got all the swashbuckling fun. I mean, the CGI is dated, but oh my gosh, my dog's whining again every time, I swear. <laughs> but I, I, I think that's, you know, as a standalone film, I mean, even though it, it sets up so much for the next two films, that's my favorite one of the trilogy. I think it wins the threesome. I give it four stars and I give the other two three and a half. I love Dead Man's Chest and At World's End to no end. They're amazing. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just love the world building of the first one. I love how subtle it is and I love all the additions of number two and three, but there are some you know more gaggy Benny Hill moments that you know even though I love them. <laughs> At the same time, I love the serious world building that they've been doing. I love this character development they've been doing. It's like, even though I love the humor and I love the drama of it, I just think the first one did it better, okay. I guess. Yeah. More more, more compact. Yeah, if I could jump off of that, I, I would think on my original view of these uh, upon their releases uh, that I would agree with you. But since I've been re-watching it, you know, over and over again, it's been, oh my god, you know, it's already been over a decade since the last one came out. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. But, oh, don't, don't be too sad, Ken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, I think I said earlier when we were talking about this that Dead Man's Chest and That World's End are really just one long movie. Though, with that being said, it's kind of hard to say that it all together is better than this nicely wrapped package mm -hmm. i don't know well but there's just so much lore packed in there that and and so if i'm gonna say that i prefer that big ass movie over the black pearl then i have to pick the one that i think is the better of those two movies which i don't know i think on the scale it's honestly pretty even with the black pearl in the way i feel about it but I think that together those two movies are so so elevated compared to this one that I, I have to yeah. go with Dead Man's Chest for, mm -hmm. for my winner. Mm -hmm. And they're all full-faced movies for those couch potatoes collecting their face stamps. No. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Ron Vaughn? All right, I'll say my piece. Um, I think these are excellent movies. I don't think... I wouldn't call them like world shakers... Or like, oh, you have to go see this movie. But, sweet gods, if you're looking for, like, some real honest fun, Gore Verbinski brought it. Brought his A-game and mm -hmm. the performances of every actor in there is so strangely, like, full tilt. Just, yeah. they went in, even when it got schlocky, they're like, alright, let's make it schlocky. Uh, Jeffrey Rush sitting there like, all right, I'm going to do a marriage in the rain in the middle of a maelstrom. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah when, when Will oh, and, uh, just kiss. When Will and Elizabeth got Twitter-pated. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, oh, my. Um, this, so beautiful. I think the movies are beyond fun, and I've already shown my hand that I've remembered this many details after not seeing them for a decade. To yeah. the point where mm -hmm. I had watched the first movie 
I can't even think I'm exaggerating when I say over 50 times. Jeez, uh, yeah. To the point where that movie is ruined for me. I don't know if I can <laughs> see it again. But the one that I always come back to is Dead Man's Chest. Because uh, the music is amazing. The action's incredible. Yeah. The design of the mm-hmm. villains is... Like, I haven't seen such strangely inventive character designs <laughs> all around that's right. right yeah you don't yeah i haven't i don't think i can recall something that tops it that's been done since right and that, yeah that's the weird thing and if i like i'm not going to bring one piece into this but i'm bringing one piece into this <laughs> it's the sheer like dedication to a theme that that show brings to its yeah. inconsequential pirate crews where everybody looks like they belong on the crew together and it matches the theme of their captain. Uh, yeah. Davy Jones nails it. And oh, yeah. I, I would he... give Pirates, The Curse of the Black Pearl, I'd give that a four. Uh, I'd definitely give uh, Dead Man's Chest a five out of four because I want to be obnoxious about this. Um, nice. And I, I'd give uh, At World's End a, maybe a three, three, five. They tossed it together, it feels like, towards the end. It does feel a touch cobbled, but the individual pieces that are there are wonderful, and the world building Mm -hmm. is still solid, but it needed a stronger villain. I think bringing Calypso in at the end was just like, hey, let's make this big and epic, instead of, hey, we've been building up Calypso for three movies now. Yeah. Yeah, that was the problem, was they revealed right when uh right when she's released will reveals that the person who bound her was her lover davy jones like she didn't know that when she was bound she's she just thought the pirates figured it out and bound her and so like that was the problem was they built her up so much but right before she gets her moment to shine will's like hey by the way the person that you think you're gonna help once we release you He's the one who bound you in the first place. Right. And then she's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to cause a maelstrom and y'all can just fucking duke it out. I don't care. Yeah. She, she right. just gave in. It, it just, see, like I would have preferred a little bit more build up to it. I do like the, the twist yeah. of the knife to be like, hey, David Jones, yeah. you think this is going to go your way, but we know what happened. It just would have been cool if that i hope we're not getting too spoilery i i think that that you know with that knowledge people could still be like oh they they put calypso in this you're right (laughs) i forgot i didn't we had dropped the wall yeah it's okay i think i don't think i'm keeping it in yeah keep it in there hey spoilers for an over 10 year old trilogy yeah you had you had a decade (laughs) to watch these uh, uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I've been Ronvald the Scald. I'd like to thank the Faceless Leon and the Green Traveler for uh, inviting me. I'm humbled to be a part of this podcast as a guest, and I hope I get invited uh, to talk about something else with y'all. Well, oh, think, you certainly will, my friend. I th- yeah, I think you can look forward to that. Uh, we had a great time with you. Uh, you know, we we have always loved you from uh you know our our secret lab under here uh, <laughs> and now the world gets to love you too so here you go you're our only true touch with humanity <laughs> i apologize for the quality 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the face, the faceless Leon and I, we scanned the entirety of the human race, and we determined that you were the only one worth talking to. Yeah, you told the best story for sure. Oh, you hush. I bet Tom Hanks is still around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been the faceless Leon, and I've been. The Green Traveler, Yarr. Captain of Gorsh. And I will Yarr. continue to be Ron Valdeskald even after we stop this. <laughs> yes, you will. Safe travels and good night. Penis. Okay, I just wanted one penis in there. <laughs> that was my night last night. Uh, do I stop recording? Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks19. If you want to learn more information about us, check us out on Facebook. You can also check out the Facebook and Instagram accounts of FictionWorks19. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, or subscribe wherever you catch the show. Thank you all very much for listening.